All right, welcome to uh, a special episode of Retro Resolutions. Uh, my name is Dylan. This is Matt. And today we have a, a special guest, Jaime, to join us to talk about uh, the GameCube. Hi, everybody. Uh, before we talk about the GameCube, I want to talk about what we've been playing lately. So since you're the guest, Jaime, do you mind talking about what you've been playing? Yeah, I, I would love to. Um, so my um, playing a couple different things, but the, the one that I'm really focused on is uh, Solomon's Key for the NES. Okay. Uh, I'm playing it on the Switch using their uh, NES emulator, and I'm using the Pro Controller. These are key oh. details because um, Solomon's Key might be the hardest video game I know of, the most complicated and intense video game I know of. And so, um, so yeah, so I decided to finally, like, I'm going to go back. I'm going to beat this thing because this, this game has plagued me my entire life. And, uh, and so I'm, like, about halfway through right now. That's pretty nice. good. Uh, uh, anything like, did you play it as a kid and you're returning to it? Yeah. And, so yeah. Here, here's the deal. Like, so, uh, I'm sure you guys are familiar with Tecmo and all of their games for the, the NES. And like, I've come to learn that like Tecmo games were possibly the best, but certainly the most complicated of all of the, the NES games. So like Rygar, for example, oh, like man. Rygar is, is, is technically a Metroidvania. When you yeah. think about it in terms of the amount of time, yeah. the amount of yeah. all, all that stuff. So, and, uh, and Mighty Bomb Jack, that's another one where it's like, you can really, you can lose some hours in that one. But, uh, but Solomon's Key, I think, um, was always the most intense. And uh, it was one of the few games that my dad and I would play together uh, in the 80s. And so uh, when, when it was out, and you know this is on the original NES, like with the cartridge, with the little tiny, crappy rectangular controllers, and uh, and he and I would both play it, and uh, and we quickly realized like how difficult it was, and um, and it was the only game where I was allowed to call the Nintendo game counselors. Um, oh. I don't know if you guys remember that they had a number in yeah, red. You have to pay by the minute, yeah, right? The counselors, I totally, yeah, I absolutely. Oh. Uh, and my dad and I would get stuck and we would call the game counselors and, you know, you could never get through. It was always busy. Right. Mm -hmm. But then when you did get through and then you told them it was Solomon's key, then they'd be like, okay, hang on, hang on. We got to find somebody here who's good at that because like nobody yeah. there was really all that good at it right. except for like one or two people. Uh, and so when we realized that that wasn't working, my dad started videotaping the games so that we could watch the recordings afterwards and pause because one no of the problems way. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great, man. Like this game is so intense that when you pause, the screen goes black. So yeah. they don't they don't want you studying the boards to see how you can do better. So we would videotape it and pause then to study to go. Okay, what's the trick to this board uh, in in getting through? I and love so, that. That is some dedication. Oh man, I mean, my dad and I were super into this game, and the thing about Solomon's Key is that like. Like the game is fun and there are tons of puzzles and right every every different board is a new puzzle where you have to find your way to the key and then to the exit. But of course, to get the good ending, you have to do everything. And uh, and so when I say do everything, what it means is like every board and then all of the special Solomon seals, which are in bananas locations, 
uh, and you have to um, essentially show up at certain boards like fully armed, you know, because if you aren't running a perfect game up until that point and you come in without enough fireballs or, you know, or gear, like you're, you're done. Uh, and so like we never finished it. We made it to the last board uh, when I was a kid. But the thing about that last board is not, nothing works unless you've gotten all of the seals uh, ahead of time. So we, we eventually gave up. We were like, okay, well, we made it to the last board and, you know, and, and that was it or whatever. But, but then just this year, I went back and looked and it was like, okay, people have published maps of every board. They've listed where every single seal is as, and the analog controller makes it insanely easier. Uh, really? Well, because like, for example, you have to, uh, one of the, the trickier moves in the game is um, there are these fires, these little flames that, that live in a single block. And with your wand, you make the fire go down so you can jump over it. But sometimes you have to jump over one a level up. So it's not like over it to the same level, but jump over it to a level up. And with the, the crummy 1980s NES controllers, yeah. anything diagonal, I mean, forget about it. You, you know, it was... It, it was difficult, and now with the with the analog sticks on the uh, the Switch Pro controllers, um, those jumps are a lot easier. Um, okay. You know, and uh, uh, being able to save your state, being able to rewind, you know, all of that is of course essential because that was nothing you could do back then. Oh yeah. Uh, and so, like now, it's like you know, like you remember that scene in uh, Billy Madison where uh, he goes out to play dodgeball. And, you know, and then the, the kids throw <laughs> the ball at him. Throws the balls at the kids, yeah. And he's like, now you're all in big trouble. Like, yeah. that's kind of the attitude I went back to the game with. We're like, okay, <laughs> I have all the maps here. Like, I know where all the, the fireballs are. Like, I know how to do all the things. And I'm, you know, if I die, I'm, I'm rewinding and, and, you know, and going back to my perfect game. Yeah, so, the rewind is such a huge, huge thing. Oh, huge. Yeah, yeah. I love, I, you know, I never realized how, yeah, how powerful the rewind could be till I got to some of those tougher games. And uh, one thing I will say about that, this game, you know, I, we had talked beforehand and you, uh, you had mentioned that this was going to be the game you brought up. And yeah, there's a lot of games, the titles of a game where, you know, I may hate the game or I may dislike <laughs> the game, but I don't have like an emotional value to it. Yeah. That game makes me angry. Like the second you said it, it just like it was like PTSD all over the place, you know, yep. that the levels and like the anger uh just I'm like in a in a respectful way because yeah, that game is amazing. Uh but it's also I just there are so few games where a title will bring out an emotional response. That's exactly. one of them. So I was so thrilled that you've been playing this and you're and where where's your success level? How are, did you? So I'm you, I'm on level twenty eight. I've had to stop and start over a few times because you can you can get farther on in the game, but if you don't have enough fireballs, if you mess something up, it's like yeah, no, I got to go back. Yeah. Um, but the the level of in, of intensity of this game it's it's just ridiculous. Like there's a series of. Uh, of origami swans that are gold swans uh, throughout the game and they're worth, you know, a million points or whatever. And, but the thing about them is that like, if you don't get all of them, they stop appearing. 
So if you miss the first one, they never show up again. If you get oh the fir first two, three, but you miss the fourth, you're done for the rest of the game. They don't show up again. Uh, there's, there's just, you know, it's, it's nonsense like that where it's like, really, you guys? Like, really? Like, I just, yeah. you know, uh, it's, you can continue it. There's a, there's a, like a, a, a gamepad code to continue, but even that code doesn't work after the 41st board. So anytime that you continue after stage 41, even if you're in, in the very last level, you get bumped back to 41 if that's the case. It, it's like these people were sadists. There's there's no way around it. You know? <laughs> and the way that I was like one of those things where like we can't have kids renting this game and beating it. <laughs> we need them to buy it. So yep. we'll make the game really hard. So they have to if they want to see the end. Well, and, and what's wild to me about that, right, is that like the instructions themselves were like, yeah, you can make bricks and, and break them. That's it. And it's like, yeah. right, the instructions leave out everything. So it's like, how are you supposed to know any of this? How was anybody supposed to know this without the internet? You know, uh, it's it's just wild. But I'm having the time of my life. Uh, you know, I'm swearing a lot and and you know, <laughs> some table flipping moments and stuff. But um, but overall, I am making great progress and. Uh, you know, and, and, and that feeling of playing a retro game where it's like, oh, I remember how to do this, you know, yeah. of like oh, there's one way to do this and I remember how to do it like that. That feeling has been been pretty strong, but like just a, a couple of crazy things from the game. Right. There are there's a board where uh, you have to exit or you have to find the exit from a specific direction. And if you come at it from any other direction into that, then the next board is screwed. Um, so I think it's it's board 19 where wow. you have to come at the door from the top. And if you come at the door from the top, then in the next board, uh, you have to jump as soon as you appear because that's the only way to get the key. And like, uh, and if you want to get the key any other way, like essentially you have to have a completely perfect game and do, you know, and, and just barely make it. But if you do it right in the previous board, then the next one is like way easier. And that's the kind of thing where it's like, how would anybody have known this? How would anybody yeah. have been with a crummy controller like what the you know right. and, and it's like and if you did this and you're i mean yeah how are you sharing this knowledge how how are you even learning sometimes you know you get into those levels and i you mean do it on accident so yeah. many so many people i know as a kid when we were playing that game uh no one i know even came close to beat it we all just bragged about like what room we got to yep. and, and yep. got angry and quit you know you know, that, that throw the controller, never playing this game again, anger quit. Uh, and I think, yeah, every one of us quit angry on that game because, you know, but how it was like not? A level and couldn't get past it. And you didn't, and, and most of us, we never knew why we couldn't fix that. You know, and just like you said, oh, well, I probably looked the wrong direction, you know, or I went the wrong direction and then, or I fired too many fireballs the previous level. And, you know, some of the time you didn't know, you know, like you said, with the rewind, you can go back yep. and learn from your mistakes. But without that, oh, yeah. brutal, brutal. There, there are, are there are multiple boards where it's like if you don't get the key right away in the first like three three to five seconds, it's un, unplayable, you know. Unbelievable. Was this a game that had like a password save system or any sort of like it was just like uh, – beginning to it end was, you, you got three lives have fun like as yeah. you know now you could do i think it was some like you know uh there was a continue code that was unpublished but people figured out um but that mm -hmm. was it 
Now it did work with Game Genie. Uh, yeah. And so there were some Game Genie codes that could make it easier, but uh, but Game Genie isn't a thing on the Switch emulator, which is right. tragic. Uh, yeah. but, uh, yeah. but other than that, that it's one of those games where it's like the only way is to be good. That is literally it. <laughs> wow, crazy! Yeah, it yeah. Had oh, thank goodness for I'm so glad you brought it up. I mean, I you know I. I am so tempted to go and play it again, and I'm. But at the same time, like I said, that 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 stress management of playing that game is just. There's just. It's a whole. I don't know of any other NES game that's like that. Truly. So yeah, great game. Glad you brought it, it up. It, it and I, I went and looked. It turns out that there was a Japanese arcade version of it, what? which had completely different boards and yeah. uh, and and was challenging in its own way. It wasn't as insane and you know obscure, uh, obscure ways to win um, as the as the console version, but it was close. Uh, wow. And so, and to me, it's like, boy, the only thing more maddening about this game than you know table flipping at home is having to beat it at an arcade. And dump like, the, yeah, the burning our quarters on that yeah. thing. Oh wow, yeah. that's amazing. I, I'm sure. And I know there's probably a video of some guy beating that game on the arcade, you know, which, but that just blows my mind, you know, it's like, that's awesome. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, it, it just, it's, if, and when I beat it, like, I think that's going to be one of my like life achievements. Oh, put it on dude, my yeah. oh you yeah. You gotta like out. take a screenshot of the end screen that's and like that. save it somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Take a video of it. You know, like here's my video, crappy video of my switch. I would totally do that. Just oh, yeah. Yeah, let us know. I want to hear about it. That's one of those things where I feel like, like normally I wouldn't be like, Hey guys, I beat this video game, all that kind of thing. But like, it's one of those, if you know, you know, like, yeah, I don't know I anybody know. who's beaten the game before I, you oh. know, when I have the same visceral reaction to it, like when somebody <laughs> yeah. mentions it, it's like, Oh, that, you know, that game and I have a score to settle, you know, yeah, quite literally. Yeah. Oh man. If I, if I beat that game, like, and I love that you came in, like you said, like I'm, this is it. I'm, I'm going to beat this, you know, I love <laughs> your attitude on that because, uh, yeah, if I beat that game, I probably celebrate with like a tattoo. I mean, just to brag about it. I mean, that's huh, not a good idea. Seriously. Really, yeah. I would, I mean, cause you know, how many people have a tattoo of beating, you know, that's related to beating that game? Nobody. Yeah, it's, it's true. It's true. Don't beat that game. So, uh, yeah. Dylan, what have you been playing? Uh, I have been sorry. I'm I'm turning my head because I did pull up footage of the arcade version of Solomon's Arca Key Arcade to uh, check out. But uh, anyway, I have been playing. And hopefully, this this is acceptable to you. Uh, I've been playing um, <laughs> uh, Halo, the Master Chief Collection, which is a collection of of games I would think are decidedly retro. We, uh, we had a whole episode on like yeah, what was retro and what wasn't. And it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a tough conversation. But none of these games came out on anything yeah. after the 360. So I think they count. They're just remakes or remat, re actually yeah. more of like a re-release. But anyway, yeah. I think yeah. they count. So I've been playing Halo uh, Master Chief Collection online multiplayer because uh, Microsoft finally released an update. And it is uh, now compatible with the Steam Deck online uh, before the, because it was on Linux, they didn't allow the anti cheat to work. 
um, but now they've cleared that, so now you can play online on the Steam Deck. So I've just Ooh, been hanging out awesome. on the couch playing some online Halo, like you know, it's two thousand seven. Nice. Um, and I've been having a great time. That I used to play a lot of Halo. Uh, I was really big into Halo Three and Halo Reach in particular. Oh, Halo uh, but 3 I also was played. I also played a ton of Halo 1 and 2 with some friends in a garage for like three summers. Wow. And uh, so it's been a lot of fun to hop back in and just go into the like social game modes and like low stakes and uh, yeah. and hit like, oh, I want to do some SWAT or some assault, uh, you know, just your standard like Slayer mode or whatever. And uh, I'll do Halo 1, uh, Halo 2 Remastered, and uh, Halo 3 and Reach. And we'll just, those are the game modes I want to play. No Halo 4, because that game sucks. And then, <laughs> uh, and I'll just see what happens. And, and I've been having a blast. I'm not nice. incredibly good, but I'm never the bottom tier. So I think that's fine. That's all you want, uh, you know? Yeah. Because being the best, you have to stay the best. Who wants that? Yeah, exactly and and like i said it's social game so i'm just kind of like i'm not messing anybody's night up by sucking so nice. uh yeah i mean that's been it i've just been like hanging out sitting on the couch wow. with my wife playing you know she's playing hogwarts legacy or something on the xbox and i'll play halo on my steam deck so nice. it's been a good nice. time what about you matt what have you been into uh so you know and uh i'll explain this to jaime is that uh Dylan and I have def and uh, have a definite age gap, and uh, he missed out on a lot of arcade type games, and mm -hmm. so I feel like it's my duty to uh, educate him. Not really. I just happen to play a lot more arcade games yeah, or yeah. retro uh, arcade games because one, I played a lot of them, but also I'm starting to realize there's also a lot of games I didn't play, you know, uh, uh, or they never came to small town Idaho or, or whatever. Um, and so uh, while it's fun to try to educate Dylan in, in the ways of the arcade, uh, it really isn't that. Uh, so uh, the game that I've been playing is uh, uh, it's a game I hadn't played before uh, in the arcades. Uh, in fact, it, it didn't come to the United States, so that makes it really easy. But um, one of my favorite uh, newer uh, retro arcade experiences was by a system made by Sega called the Model 3. And the Model 3 system, uh, you know, had some, yeah, it had some really great games. Uh, 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 shoot, uh, Dylan, what's the game where you, you, uh, it was also on the Dreamcast where you're two robots and you're fighting and oh, virtual on virtual on. So virtual on, that was one of the big games on the Sega virtual on rules <laughs> and it's a great game. And yeah, we definitely both agree on that one. And I think you would really like this one as well. Uh, is, uh, it's called LA machine gun. And uh, I think I remember the seeing that title, yeah, but I never played it. And uh, it is, uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. You go, you're in uh, LA, future LA, and uh, I think the year is like 2024 or something, so it's kind of <laughs> not that far from the future. But there's these machines that uh, the police drive, and you're fighting, you know, against robots, and it's got a very 
the style of it is very similar to virtual on uh and uh yeah it's a blast it's on rails you know so it's not is it a light gun game you know i it might have been when you know i've been playing the arcade super modeler uh on the pc uh under emulation so at the arcade it might have i would guess that it would have been a um a uh light gun game but uh yeah super fun great graphics for its day and uh in a unique game for sure just uh in that Sega Model 3. The other game I would mention on Sega Metal 3 uh, that was one of my, is definitely one of my favorites, is Star Wars Trilogy uh, The Arcade. And that was the actual title, Star Wars Trilogy The Arcade. And uh, indeed, it was at movie theaters a lot of the time. Uh, or, you know, uh, I, that's where I found it, was at those little, you know, dinky arcade sections of the, of the movie theaters. Um, and... Uh, yeah, it was a great game. You could play different. You could play certain battles in Star Wars, certain battles in in Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. And uh, the graphics at the time were so good. It was like, yeah, getting to you know uh, get on a speeder bike and fly through the forests of Endor was just yeah. a blast, you know. And uh, and it was again a shooter type game, but it used that one used more of a joystick. You had a shooter thing, but it. It, it didn't use a, you used your controller to uh to control and that's why i'm wondering about the la machine gun game is that it's yeah there's a lot of games that like fake light gun yeah. like it's like a joystick that's mounted like the, you know they have a machine gun that's mounted on a on a pole and it's a yeah. joystick in the pole but right. then it puts a pointer on screen and it matches up with where you're pointing. Yeah, but it's you're not really the little, yeah. yeah, the little lame thing. Yeah, you know, it's kind of uh, like that. But it's, yeah, it was literally joystick. But I mean, so like that uh, would that be like the the Terminator arcade game would be an example of that with the two guns well, in front. The Terminator. I think that one might actually be a like, but it isn't. That is an example of what I'm it talking about. Boring. I think where you're like oh, you're not like, even what? sure because yeah, the gun's mounted. Right, and you're right. just like pivoting it around. You've yeah. got that Uzi that's mounted, you know. Although, yeah, that I mean, to me, that's a classic. I love that game. I know. Is it your wife that played it a lot, or am I making that up? The Terminator game in the arcade. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I used to play that with with my uh, best friend growing up, and so. Oh, right on. Oh, so it was uh, your experience. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that was, and that was another game where uh, it, you have to. Uh, there's one stage to destroy all of whatever it is industries. Um, and if you don't do enough in that stage, you don't get a good ending. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and that, you know, and how anybody's supposed to know that, like, yeah. who knows, who cares? I only you know. learned that through playing it on the retro, you know, I would have never learned it in the actual arcade, you know, but, uh, I played a bunch of that game on the super Nintendo. <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Uh, they yep. they ported it to the Super Nintendo, and you could just move the cursor around with the D pad. Yeah, the cursor yeah. action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't very good. So, would another example be uh, Aerosmith Revolution? Oh, that's, <laughs> oh boy, that's. Great. I don't know. You guys remember Aerosmith yeah. Revolution? Oh, I do. I, I yeah, do. I and I played. I weirdest I played. game ever. Like two yeah. machines in front, and the whole thing was like. Uh, you know the premise is that like the world is being taken over by these by these like fascist soldiers and for yeah. some reason they kidnapped Aerosmith and it was like your job to uh, to rescue Aerosmith and see the thing is, is I feel like in a it, 
when I first saw it, uh, to me, I thought it was a ripoff of one of the worst, but one of my favorite arcade games of all time, Journey. Uh, which <laughs> Dylan, Dylan looked it up and like his face went pale. Like he's like, this looks awful. And I'm like, it is, but it was so great. You had this journey, you know, each level you had to rescue the journey character, the journey band members. And each one was like a lame ripoff of like, one was like a ripoff of like Pac-Man and one was kind of a ripoff of like, uh, you know, Oh, just really simple things like falling items and you have to catch them, you know, mm -hmm. that type of simple yep. game. Remember Journey? Did you ever play that? The Journey, the arcade game? I never played it, but I saw it. I know exactly, you know, yeah. I, it was, it, they had it at the Red Baron Arcade in Toledo, Ohio in the 80s. Nice. Like I can, I can see where it was positioned. Yeah, it was, uh, uh, yeah. I was going to say to answer your question, the answer is absolutely yes. This is an example of fake light gun where the gun is mounted and it's actually a um, like yeah, a, so you're talking about Aerosmith Revolution. Aerosmith, yeah. yeah. So so it's actually called Revolution X. Revolution and, X. Yeah. And then it's themed around the band Aerosmith. But yeah, uh, that's totally an example of that. That's very funny. And I mean, this is why Dylan and I work out is because he always looks up stuff because i ha i can't remember half the names i know yeah. i you know i i blame my i'll blame ms but really it's probably just me but you know uh, <laughs> dylan dylan's good at interpreting what i'm trying to say and at yeah. least enough so he can look it up on the internet and figure it out oh no 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 like 90 percent of the time uh if you're trying to describe a game that's just right off the dome man you, and you, you're good i mean you're awesome i mean yeah but, uh... <laughs> you've got it uh, should we talk about some GameCube? Yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's get I, into the GameCube. I want to I drop on you just like a little preface of the GameCube. Um, so the GameCube yeah. came out in uh, 2001, and um, it was Nintendo's follow-up to the Nintendo 64. Uh, and it sold 21.74 million units in its lifetime. Um, and the reason that I even want to bring up its sales numbers is that I think it was generally considered to be a failure. Um, it, it was. It was a failure. I mean, it was a failure during the time that it was right being sold. I, it wasn't I mean, I like a colossal failure like the Dreamcast or the Virtual yeah. Boy. And even the Wii U later down the line, you know, like 10 years later, failed more. But I think Nintendo generally considered the GameCube to just be not up to what they expected from it. Uh, however, I always loved it as a kid, but in recent years, it has grown like cult status where everyone now says that they loved it, uh, yeah, which right. I don't think there's anything wrong with, but, uh, yeah. I definitely was a little weirdo at home where my friends had PlayStations and Xboxes. And I was like, no, I got my GameCube, man. This thing's the best. Yeah, I'm rocking the GameCube. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that like, that it, it's such an interesting uh, thing because it really highlights, I think, part of Nintendo's uh, sort of their plight in the sense that like they uh, always set out to do the stuff that was different, and people didn't catch on to it right away. And so yeah. you know, I mean, so um, the most frequently used console in our house is hands down is the Wii. 
like, you know, and my seven-year-old loves the Wii and like, and the games hold up. And that's one of those where like, you know, at the time I thought it was ridiculous, the, the, uh, the remotes. And it was like, you guys, this isn't, this isn't serious gaming. And looking back on it now, it's like, no, they were ahead of their time, you know? Yeah. And so it, it wouldn't surprise me if the same thing were true about the GameCube where it's like, yeah, people get it now, but at the time they, they didn't, but that's their plight, you know? I think it, almost the opposite though is true because the GameCube is like the most conventional console Nintendo has ever made. Hmm. I feel like yeah, it's yeah, the discs and, and all that, the, the discs, the memory card, the controller was so extremely standard. I mean, relative. Yeah, to, I was say the buttons were a little yeah. bit unique, but relative to anything else Nintendo's ever made. It's very standard. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it was kind of shooting the same, like, gameplay style like it wasn't trying to like shoehorn in any sort of weird thing so like it's like the most conventional thing they've ever done and maybe that's why it failed i don't know here's the thing so here's i'll go back in time and do so here's here's what i remember from from being one uh definitely you know obviously i was older than you and uh uh at the time where uh this unit came out uh and in fact, uh, and we've talked about this before, but I watched my nephew play my first nephew, uh, Cade. He played it um, more uh, than than I did for sure. And in fact, when I uh, I was living uh, with my sister at the time, I literally left that GameCube with them because you know my nephew just played the heck out of it. But uh, the thing about the GameCube is when it came out, it was when the xbox and the ps especially the ps2 had this raging graphics it was they were you know had blu-ray you know a standardized you know you watch blu-ray movies on it which was crazy you know you know yeah it was and, it was, was dvd it was, or was it blu-ray it was dvd the ps3 oh, oh, did sorry, DVD, my bad yeah I, I just a little editor's note there <laughs> yeah so let's edit that out but no yeah. uh uh DVD, uh, which that was crazy because at the time, you know, this was the first time DVDs, DVD players were pretty expensive. So being able yeah. to buy it, you know, a PS2 that had all of that. And of course the PS3 with Blu-ray, uh, that was also a game changer because you could, you know, same thing. Uh, the GameCube, you had this, you had this junky little disc that could barely fit a game on it. Uh, and uh which i love that disc i mean i love the size i love how it looks i love that it actually is recorded and reversed as part of their copy protection scheme uh but it was you know when it came out it was severely underpowered uh and this was the first time that nintendo and I don't know if Nintendo really has ever cared about like, oh, this is the fastest machine that's ever been released. Uh, but they happen to be like when the Nintendo came out, the NES, it was ahead of its time in the sense of like it was the fastest system that was out there. Uh, when the Super Nintendo came out, the Sega Genesis had already been out by a year. And yeah, it had some newer technologies and stuff in it, but it wasn't a far stretch Uh of a difference than, than the Sega Genesis. So when the GameCube came out, I think people were expecting more of a powerhouse, uh, 
what's interesting is the ATI, uh, I think it's called the Wonderflip or something like that, the CPU, the ATI chip set that's in there. Uh, ATI Flipper. Flipper. Which is named because the GameCube's code name was Dolphin. Dolphin, yes. And, uh, you know, that ATI chip was just slightly modded and used in the Wii. I mean, that's what's crazy. Here's this underpowered chip that's being used in the GameCube that everybody's complaining about. And then they take that same chipset, tweak it a little bit, and throw it in the, the Wii, their most successful console of all time. You know, so what, what, what's amazing about that though is it's it's perfect because it like it shows a priority for the playability of the game as opposed yeah. to the graphics, and I think that and I like, think that was a big change set for them. Yeah, yeah, you know that playability and that that uh, uh, their focus on in-house games too. I yep. think became a major deal with the GameCube and the Wii. You know, going forward. But that was when we really started, I think, to see, like, you know, I bought the GameCube not because of, you know, uh, it was a bargain or that it wasn't, you know, you know, it was high in technology. I bought it because of the exclusives. I mean, that is the reason I bought it, you know. Super Mario Sunshine was amazing. And even though it didn't have this powerhouse chipset, that the graphics on that were fantastic, you know. I mean... I loved comparing it even to the PS2, you know? Well, I think it was technically a more powerful processor in the GameCube than the PS2, but it was a little restricted. Yeah, it was a little restricted by its limited data storage. Just for comparison's sake, the GameCube discs capped out at like one and a half gigs. Yeah. Whereas a DVD could do eight. Yeah. And so even though DVD, yeah. Yeah. Even though you're you're able to push a few more pixels or render a few more polygons or whatever. Yeah, that's surprising. It doesn't matter if you can only do a quarter of the length. Yeah. I would have never thought that the ATI flipper was better than the than the PS2's chipset. So that's interesting. A lot of tricks they can pull off. But yeah. but I think the point was the the, the games, you know what yeah. I mean? It was it was the exclusive GameCube. games, yeah. It's like, like uh, the GameCube had like I don't know two or three dozen games that everyone recognizes as incredible, yeah. And and then it, that's a that's kind of where it ends. It's got maybe another couple dozen that are like yeah okay, uh, but the PS2 had like a dozen games that were on that same bar of the few dozen that the GameCube had, but it's mediocre level was like 2000. It had like 2000, just like games. So if you're into Barbies or whatever, it's on the PS2. Whereas on the GameCube, it's like, no, you gotta like Mario or Zelda. That's it. Yeah. (laughs) And, and, you know, Metroid as well, you know, yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm being a little reductive, but it was was more exclusive centered, which I think is why. Yeah. To me, it's, it's like, uh, you know, so when I think about the GameCube, right, to me, the, the, uh, massive titles from that were, uh, Super Monkey Ball. Oh yeah. Uh, And I think it was maybe even Super Monkey Ball Deluxe, but, but, you know, it was Super Monkey Ball and Luigi's Mansion. And, yep. no, uh, yeah, Luigi's Mansion. Those are uh, those are like launch day greats. Yeah, you know, those and, are like and the only two good games on launch day. But I mean, 
that wasn't even a Nintendo exclusive, but they did such a great job. I mean, once again, the graphics looked amazing. This was a Sega game, right? Super yep, Monkey right. Ball, you know, yep. and that was and, that's pretty amazing. But you're right, that was a killer app for that system. I mean, the the uh, what was amazing about Super Monkey Ball, I think, is that the mini games. Because yeah. the main the main game and it was a, it was fine all right Marble Madness with monkeys who cares, but yeah. uh, <laughs> but the but Monkey Fight, uh, Monkey Flight, oh, yeah. both of those were games that like could sustain a party for hours if you if you had people who were into it. Oh yeah, 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 uh, and and it's I don't know it's just like a very fun arcadey game on its own right for you to want to just do the single player mode, it's. It's an excellent video game. And Luigi's so, Mansion was, was a, a huge departure for the franchise. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was yes. ghost busting? What? And like and, and no, he doesn't, you know, he's got a vacuum cleaner. You know, like these are this is not a mad libs that anybody would have put together prior to the GameCube. And like right. and it not only was a fantastic game, um, but it was uh, good enough, and I think this is true of a lot of GameCube games, that it was good enough to uh, get ported to the three DS. Um, and so, yeah. you know, and, and, and there was an arcade release of it. I think um, there is an arcade. Yes. Yeah. It's, wow. an, it's obscure. But, it, you know, when you said about the Solomon Mines or uh, Solomon's Key, yeah. Solomon's Key. Solomon's Key. Sorry, Solomon's Mine. I knew I was saying it right. Solomon's Key. Uh, I was like, oh, yeah. I thought of the, uh, Luigi's Mansion because I knew yeah. that it had been released in the arcade as a. Yeah. And I. I, I, I don't know, but I feel like there was some uh, pretty neat exclusive stuff to it. And I, I definitely, I have it downloaded and I want to play now that we've said it, that's going to be like my next game. I'm going to play uh, the arcade version. Just Uh, just as a little side note on that. I always love learning about this personally is whenever Nintendo's stuff goes to some, like is made by somebody not Nintendo. I'm always fascinated. So this, this Luigi's mansion arcade cabinet, I've seen it in person it's crazy. Uh, it, it was developed by Capcom, other involvement by Sega, and licensed what? by Nintendo based oh. on the contents of Dark Moon, the 3DS game. Wow. wow. So Which it was, is just it was like a so weird, than... yeah. What was wow. that? Wow. It's more based on the yeah. sequel than the original. That's right. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah, I definitely need to. Uh, yeah, I need to fire that up. I know there's at least one emulator that runs it. So wow, I gotta, I gotta check that out. Yeah. The, the other thing to, to look at in Luigi's Mansion One is uh, my seven year old pointed this out to me the other day that Luigi's Mansion One marks the first appearance of Guigi. So really, Luigi, he shows up in in Luigi's Mansion Three is not a new character. It's just that they resurrected him and we're like, yeah, totally. And so, and, and I was, I was like, yeah, no way, no way. And then my seven-year-old was like, dad, look. And it was like, there's Gooigi. It's crazy. Uh, Hold on. Just doing a Wikipedia search for Gooigi. So we're going to see how that works. That's amazing. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) I love that your son is now discovering and playing these games. That's just really fantastic. He is a a Mario fanatic and he is super into finding all the hidden levels, doing all the, you know, see that was my nephew, Cade, you know, he just loved the Mario games, you know, especially, you know, at the time Super Mario Sunshine because it had just come out, but Mm -hmm. oh man, I just, 
uh, it was so fun, you you know, watching it through his eyes. So I can only imagine through your son's eyes, you know, getting to see he, those two. Uh, his thing is finding all of the infinite one-up uh, uh, really? oh, yeah. areas awesome. in all of the Mario games. So nice. uh, like he started with... That's- one and and in the first one and and uh and then he's moved on to to finding the other games and now he's doing speed runs of wow. the original mario brothers because he uh because he loves it and figured out that like okay you know he rewinds a whole bunch or whatever but like he's hey, like oh yeah let me yeah that's how you learn yeah yeah, yeah exactly seven years old doing speed runs that's that's great you know i love that i just had to figure that i had to learn this. so i'm on the super mario wiki and uh, uh, apparently, Guigi was actually first introduced in the Dark Moon, the sequel on the 3DS. Okay. And then he he was sent back in time so that he could appear in Luigi's Mansion One remake on the 3DS. Oh, that's where he found. It. That's where my kid found it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't the original. He wasn't in the original GameCube yeah, version, yeah, yeah. but he is. He was retconned into it, which is. But he was retconned into. Before number three, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was yeah. a thing well before Luigi's Mansion three. Yep. That's so, wild. Yeah, that's great. It's lo- so wow. good. So he was sent that retconned into the first game via the three DS. Uh, the the last thing I want to say about Luigi's Mansion specifically is that Luigi's Mansion is like the first time they gave Luigi a real personality and that is stuck. Yeah. And now like they just released a super Mario brothers movie. Like that's his personality is Luigi's yes. mansion. Yep. Yeah. And I love that. I love the GameCube for that. Yeah. I, uh, I haven't seen the movie, but I heard that there's a throwaway line. That's kind of a reference to, to Luigi's mansion and, and yeah. people into that. Yeah. yeah the, spoil it, but I, I thought the movie was, I thought the movie was a lot of fun. I mean, it's the whole movie is throwaway lines to every every mario game yeah. and so you know and i know a lot of critics are like oh i hate that or i love it you know to me and I, what i want to know is your son's perspective because so, ultimately yeah. to me that what i like about that movie is it was made for kids you know i mean yes it's got a lot of cool throwaway stuff for adults but the, the underlying story is a kid's movie. And that, and I love that. That's what it was. It wasn't some super fantastical story. It was just a fun, fun movie. I just enjoyed it for what it was. So I'd be curious to find out. My wife took him. Uh, I didn't go because, uh, because I was concerned that there'd be, uh, like 3d, um, and stuff that would get like motion motion sick with first person, anything. So I was like, you know, I'm not going to risk this. And I have, big issues with Chris Pratt and, uh, and, yeah. and yes. you know, his, yeah. how, how he is in real life and all that. So I was like, you know, honey, you, you go ahead and take him. Uh, and uh, when they came back, uh, my wife was just as excited about the movie as my, my kid was. Um, but I asked wow. him what he thought. He said that uh, his rating is a nine out of 10. Wow. And he That's said uh, that he really liked, he wasn't expecting the music and that he really liked the music in it. Uh, well, what did, did you ask him more about that? Because there's two ways that that. So the movie has the most incredible use of the Mario music from the video yeah. games, oh, like so, orchestrated. So he uh, he wasn't expecting the Bowser songs, and I think that was sort of okay. like the, yeah, the Bowser. Okay, so sorry. There's three things because they also have these really honestly. I think they're kind of terrible. They have these like 
these like needle drop moments where they pay, play like aha's take on me and like i need a oh. hero and he so they've got like four or five songs i got and they're not great but but apparently throughout the movie he was turning to his mom and saying do you know where this this music is from and she'd be like no and he'd be like oh, okay this is from super mario galaxy and such and such level yeah and like he, nice. you know he he knew all the 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 musical references that they dropped to the whole thing, you know, to the game. I love that. Him, that, was a, that was a huge deal. It was like, I know yeah, that song. Yeah. It was truly incredible to hear all that stuff. Like that's probably my favorite part of the movie. Uh, yeah. Was that yeah. Stuff. So that's cool that he liked that too. Yeah. He, he's talking about going to see it again, which is a big deal for him. So like, yeah. uh, it's it a hit. Uh, so GameCube. Luigi, I think definitely, you know, he, his character started from the GameCube era. Of yeah. The, yeah he's he's always been just like a, oh we need another character to be in until that game yep yeah, uh, yeah he, was, he was green mario and you know yeah. and then like oh no no turns out he's you know i think that was really when it when he first started to be taller than mario and yeah. they, they played into the like the little brother thing you know and that was yeah. that was yeah, I mean, he was in in Super Mario Brothers two. He was taller and he jumped higher and he was a little bit slidier. So those kinds of things existed, but he was still just like another guy because they also made Toad yeah. short and fast, and that was weird. And Super Mario Brothers two, I've sort of blocked that one out from my memory, just because <laughs> like just because of of how badly I wanted the game when it was announced and how brutally I was disappointed when I when I first played it. Yeah, it's definitely a little bit of the odd. Duck. I think it's great on its own, but it is like a little bit odd one out. Uh, so the GameCube. Yeah. Hi, mate. Let me ask you. We heard a little bit of Matt's like where his fondness comes from. It. What is your like history with the GameCube? Yeah. Uh, so I, I was just out of college and uh, I had moved to Chicago, and. Uh, and so I started working in, uh, in Chicago right away in uh, June of 2000. And the next year I got laid off and cause this was uh, the dot bomb. Um, so oh, yeah. I, yeah. You know, every, every, every dot com was, was, uh, was laying off everybody. Myself and included. that's definitely when I was playing that. Yeah, the GameCube is what you know. You and I were in that same era for sure. Yep. You know, and our age were similar, more similar in age. So yeah. And so I remember uh, that I had a close friend who lived in my same apartment building and who was also laid off at the time. And so um, we had an agreement where we would uh, spend the mornings looking for new jobs, and then at lunchtime he'd come over and we would just play GameCube for the rest of the day. And uh, so like to me, that was that was a fantastic time because like I had the time to invest in it. I had somebody who was who was just as into it. Um, and so it was all about Luigi's Mansion. It was all about Super Monkey Ball. Um, and those were kind of the, the only games that I played on there because I think they were they there was a lot of 3D stuff that I couldn't that I couldn't do. Oh, sure. You know, uh, but I think that like it got to the point where it wasn't like, I didn't think of it as playing GameCube. I just thought of it as playing Super Monkey Ball, you know? And it was like Friday yeah. nights that with everybody. It was like, okay, you know, who, who's bringing beer and who's, who's uh, you know, who's got first ups on, on Super Monkey Ball. Um, 
so and and that was really my last console for a while um it wasn't really like i didn't get in on t- to like the xbox 360 until it had like the arcade was already out right so like it mm. had been you know i was i was way late to that party but the gamecube like that was one where it was like it, it was perfect for that time in my life and um and i wouldn't have thought of playing anything else you know what i mean because it was yeah. like yeah these games are perfect what else do i need uh yeah so yeah, I miss it, you know, but at the same time, like those controllers, to me, they were completely non-standard at the time. To me, to me it was like three prongs, like what, what? And, uh, and then that took a lot of getting used to, but like once you got it down, it was, it was outstanding. Uh, yeah, that's, do you have games that you've gone back to from the GameCube era since then? I mean, I've probably purchased every iteration of super monkey ball <laughs> on every console that I, I hear that there's like a new one on the switch that's like incredible yeah and it and it took them two tries on the switch because there was the there was I, I think it's like banana mania or whatever the, mm-hmm. the the new and like so this last one they finally got it right because it was like yeah it's just mini games like we get it that you care less about the regular game and it's all about the mini games yeah. so like that's one that i will always go back to uh and you know, to me, like, uh, I think Monkey Fight and entirely separately Guitar Hero are probably like the two best party games. Like, okay, we've yeah. got people in the house, we need to start doing something, whatever. Like, that's that's what that means for me. Yeah. Just a brief mention on that. I mean, uh, Dylan, uh, Jaime had this party and, uh, more than I one Guitar hero parties like crazy <laughs> yeah it, well in this party this was house party uh jaime's house and i had never played uh guitar hero in a party environment before and uh you had had it all set up you had a he had a projector uh which right. that was that was that was new tech back in that back then i mean this 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 was like Gosh, like 2007, I think. Yeah, um, yeah that's right. And uh, I, I know that because the next year I went to Japan. So, of course, that all puts it right, you know, needle drop in my life of where where I was. But I remember uh, because people were excited for me because they knew I was getting ready to go to Japan. Mm. And I was, I was uh, you know, uh, yeah, I was gearing up for it. But anyway, at this party, Guitar Hero was there and uh, – it was so much fun. Like that was such a blast playing guitar hero with a bunch of other people. And, uh, and I love that, uh, well, guitar hero is way outside of our GameCube scope. I just had to have an honorable mention there. Uh, Honestly, invite me back for the, for the plastic guitars episode of uh, this podcast, because I have plenty to say, and those games are magic. Oh, we we, we we have to to do that. Yeah, because he's he's got. I was gonna say Dylan. I mean, like two weeks ago, in the background, you could see he had a Guitar Hero uh, guitar, and we were talking about it. Um, you know, uh, no, you can't see him. They're they're just outside of frame, honestly. Of course, but, I've got a uh, yeah. who still has the Logitech wooden Guitar Hero guitar. You you know the one I'm wow, talking. Wow, I remember those. Those were like elite. I mean, oh yeah, you were. They were a couple hundred bucks at the time, and uh, and the thing was, like, honestly, there is no better crafted tool for that game, uh, yeah. and it was orange and beautiful. 
It was, yeah. I I didn't know this crazy. existed. Oh, uh, you're welcome. Oh, Sorry. Yeah, that All was right, yeah, that was yeah. This is to eBay. Yeah, you need to get one of these. This this would be, you know, this would be part of your yes. You definitely need this as part of your uh, your collection. I mean, uh, I I still remember the 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 you know the pick clicker at uh yeah. on the on the Logitech thing is so freaking smooth that it actually uh, was was not difficult to to uh, cross pick, you know, nice. so, you, uh, you know, up and down uh, wow. uh, on it to do that. And it was like, oh, like, right yeah. tools for the job. And it, it's that's a whole thing. Really, yeah, that's, you know, it's so interesting. Yeah, I, I you know, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, we're gonna have to actually, I, we've got to have another one of these all right. When, when it's time for the the plastic music episode, you call we'll me back. Do it. We will yeah, we'll do it. We'll do I've it. I've got a lot. You and I, and in fact, you know, because I blame I blame Jaime. He actually gave me my first uh, guitar. Uh, it was a uh, you had gotten a. Uh, I, I can't remember what you got, but you got a better one, and so you actually gave me or traded me a wireless one for something. You know. Yeah. And so that was like my first one, and after that, it was like I was obsessed with that game. So last Guitar Hero thing, <laughs> I was so into those games at the time. I uh, was living with my uh, girlfriend at the time, and uh, the relationship was not doing well. Yeah. And uh, we had basically scheduled a night to talk, but it was pretty clear that like it was going to be the breakup night. You know what I mean? It was yeah. like, okay, we'll talk on Wednesday. Like. I'm not going to do anything, you know, that's the night that, that we'll sit down and have this out. And then that Wednesday came and the Beatles rock band leaked. Yes. And, <laughs> uh, and it, it, I had a, a modded Xbox. So it was like, yeah. I, you know, the world had been waiting for this game for a very oh, long time. That's what you mean yeah. by leaked. It yeah. leaked and we both had burnable yeah, machines. Time, we could burn the disc. So yeah. like if it leaked, we could play it. Right. The minute it was out, it was like, okay, you know, uh, put it yeah. on a disc and, and, uh, and start playing. And, uh, when that happened, <laughs> I, I told her, like, I remember talking to her when I got home, like, Hey, yep. Beatles rock band league today. And she was like, okay, we can talk tomorrow. <laughs> and, like, You're right. The thing about it was, is that like, it, it's both a credit to, how how amazing the game was and how important it was at the time because it was like she understood <laughs> like this is right the beatles on. rock right this is like the yeah. plastic music game with the best band of all time and it's also like a credit to what a decent and good human being she was because like it was like we, we really needed to break up like it was you know what i mean like that was the more important thing oh, to yeah. do and uh but she was a, a, yeah, we'll talk such tomorrow. a that that she was like it's okay like I can, I can live in this horrible relationship that I don't belong in, you know, for another day because this game is actually pretty awesome. Yeah. And it was, it was, it lived up to all the hype. Uh, bringing us back so that, to GameCube. Yes. Yeah, sorry, uh, sorry. No, 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 it's okay. I, I, this is what, this is how we do. Um, and a lot of times we go way off chart. Oh I mean, yeah. I, right on. We should have an episode about how bad we've gone off chart I mean, just for the episode, <laughs> you know, but, uh, uh but, Bringing it back to uh, GameCube, um, I wanted to talk about how 
so uh, I'm sorry, Jaime, if you weren't aware. Matt's painfully aware that I was 10 when the GameCube came out. Yeah. Uh, and brutal. and <laughs> so I'm a little bit younger. And so I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> and I was... <laughs> uh, it's... it's- it's not a big deal. It's also hilarious. Keep going. I know, right? Exactly. Yeah. I, yes, 100%. I often joke that he was in diapers when I was playing such <laughs> and such a game because it's, yeah. it was actually true. He was yeah. in diapers yeah. when I was playing this game. You know, it was um, So I was 10, and I was, like, way into Nintendo Power. Like, I, yeah. like this was my life. Was like, yeah, Nintendo Power. This was my like identity. Great. was like, I'm a Nintendo kid, you yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, which I know that, like, during the 80s and 90s was like pretty common for kids to be you know i i'm surprised that you were because yeah by that point it wasn't really it was kind of it fizzled the nintendo identity yeah i mean i man i you know issue number one i couldn't you know i had every one of those darn catalog you know uh magazines they were so great and I yeah, was so into that into the because let's see what year would that have been when you started playing let's see I was trying to get so you were 10 years old yeah that's yeah that was way like, off to, yeah, yeah like 2000 2001 I, I up until like 2005 ish I was like yeah. reading Nintendo Power every month like cover that's to cover amazing. I yeah. loved it and because i was so in like the game i had i had a game boy advance i had to have a gamecube i was like i was into it (laughs) and uh so it was like formative years for me too so uh, you know the game son like i i loved super mario sunshine as matt said i loved luigi's mansion like you jaime and then and then the big ones for me the two huge like probably these might be the most defining games of my life are the legend of Zelda wind waker and mm-hmm. Metroid prime. Yeah. And that's show, like, show me tattoo. I mean, Oh yeah. I mean, if you, if you haven't seen it, hopefully your, your re- oh, wow. resolution isn't, isn't terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, this is the, this is Samus's arm cannon. And, and yeah. my first exposure to Metroid was, was Metroid prime on the GameCube. Yeah. yeah Metroid so for those prime, you can't see is that, 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 Tattoo is amazing. I mean, we've talked about it before in previous podcasts, but uh, uh, obviously our viewers can't. Yeah, see people it, won't be able to uh, hear listener, my tattoo, but it's a it's a tattoo, it's a full it, sleeve elbow down to my wrist. Yeah, and it's a oh, black. Metroid, uh, was that a? Because uh, I lost track of the Metroid series when, and and I understand it that some of them are first person and some of them are 2D. Yeah, this would have been yeah so Prime movie. are the first person ones. And so Metroid yeah. Prime was the but first time. And people, it was like a whole thing. And I, yeah, I guess if you've got uh, uh, motion sickness, Prime's probably not your jam. No, you probably uh, would not have been into that. I do game. think, I've heard, and, and not that I'm trying to pressure you into it or anything, I've heard that Metroid Prime handled things a little better than most conventional. It did. Um, it did. Because it had like a, a visor that shifted oh, yeah. separately from the view. Like, so you'd jump and then the helmet would kind of jog up and down a little yeah. bit. So And, yeah. the, and the gun would kind of have a little bit more realism to it. So it's, for some motion sickness sensitive people, Metroid Prime's not as bad as like a golden yeah. eye or something. And right. the way the controls worked, I mean, in fact, the controls were actually kind of frustrating for, uh, Oh yeah. But 
for people who are 3D sensitive, the controls actually were a lot easier and kind of slowed the game down a little bit because of the way the controls work. Now, the new re-release, if you uh, recently on Switch, they released a updated version of uh, these Metroid. Oh, just the first one. The first one, right? Metroid Prime. And uh, what's cool about it uh, is that it does use a more modern control scheme with the dual dual analog controllers yeah and, uh, but you can also right? select the the traditional one from the gamecube as well where yeah. oh, that's true. the difference was is that you know today yeah. we're used to dual analog situations where like left is move and right is is look and um and the, on metroid prime this had not been firmly established for con- consoles at the time because right. the, the standard was like goldeneye and mm-hmm. halo had like not come out yet it was coming out later that year so the dual analog thing hadn't really been firmly established so what metroid prime did is it uh had move it was more like goldeneye where move was uh the left stick was forward and backward and and you turned with left and right on the stick and then if yeah. you wanted to look at something you had to plant with a with like R button or something and and it would let you look around and the right analog stick didn't do anything with movement or view it was like selecting a different gun um and then the way that they got around like how combat would work is that there was a lock-on system so you just hold the l button and you'd lock on and you could wander around it yeah that's cool Uh, and it was like I'm a huge Metroid fan now, and Super Metroid is like my favorite. But my first exposure was Metroid Prime, and and I yeah. loved it. That's so interesting that you started in the 3D realm. I know, like, and then went to 2D. Yeah. Like you know, for me, of course, and and for Jaime, I mean, the the original Nintendo Metroid. I'm wearing my Metroid shirt, in fact, uh, with the NES box on on the cover. That was the, the first game I remember having save points, you know, yeah. where like yeah, it, it was. The, yeah. No, had the, uh, it has uh, a it has a password system because there's password. Justin Bailey. Yeah. The first one, and that was the first one I remember. Oh, with that. it's the first with passwords. Oh, was it? Oh, what? I don't know because it doesn't have a save battery. I know that. Yeah, no, it has passwords. I, 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 for me, it was definitely the first one where yeah, you were writing down the password yeah. and then you know having to painfully put it in with the controller each time. Uh, But it was cool that you could at least, because, you know, that game, uh, especially as kids, we were spending, you know, we weren't beating this in an hour. There were no speed runs. This was, we were playing this for weeks and it was a blast. And Uh, I think when the ending of the first one happened, like at the time, that was a moment. It was like, what? Amos is a woman. Like what? Yeah. And it wasn't, you know, not in a bad way or any of those kind of things. It was just like, it, it was, you know, that was a, a huge twist at the time. It was. Uh, and, and, it, and, you know, yeah. there were no, there weren't that many female uh, heroes in video games. Uh, one, because it was perceived at least that it was mostly a male thing right. to right. play video games. And so, yeah, that really kind of, I think flipped people, including myself. I was a kid and I was like, what, how do I feel about this? You know, right, uh, right. <laughs> it was kind of a, but that was a good conversation to be having with my friends. Like, you yep. know, some people got mad about it and that was all right. And, you know, we were kids, but. Well, uh, and even the, even the 
guidebook to the original NES like calls Samus a him and he and yeah. like it oh, really? it hides it from the player. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was yeah. I was I was pretty into it because you know in, in in Nintendo Power they they it wasn't a secret anymore. But instead of it yeah. being a secret, it was a more like, well, did you know like that in the original g- game it was it wasn't well known until you beat it that she was yeah, a woman it was a guy. and so that was what nintendo power talked about a lot is like well yeah samus is a girl but not everyone knew that always uh yeah. and and uh, metroid prime had this really cool thing because it came out like days apart from the game boy game metroid fusion and they had Ooh. interlink compatibility. Yeah. This is one of my favorite things about the GameCube. That was huge. Is yeah. that it had interlink compatibility with the Game Boy Advance across several games. Some games didn't require like another game. It would just link up to the Game Boy itself. It was crazy. And so for Metroid, it was that if you'd beaten Metroid Fusion and then linked it up with Metroid Prime, you could uh, unlock the... Uh, uh, the original Metroid for NES on wow. and play it on, on your GameCube. Wow. And if you had beaten Metroid prime and linked up Metroid fusion, then you could play another save wearing the fusion suit from fusion in Metroid prime in 3d. Wow. And so I was real jazzed about that. Yeah. I have still never yeah. played the fusion suit, but I did unlock, uh, the fusion, um, bonus from beating fusion and then and then getting to play original metroid on my gamecube and that was like really cool at the time oh yeah, oh, yeah. That, that was i also huge. wonder I part of me wonders too uh you know it like i'd love to see a timeline of the metroid games compared with a timeline of the releases of the alien movies oh uh, be- yeah because the idea like i i think that like when it was like oh yeah samus is a woman it was like, oh, okay, so she's Ripley. You know what I mean? There was a there was a yes. thing of like, oh, have I been playing the Alien video game this entire time and didn't know it? You know, and so like uh, the answer is is yes because Samus's greatest villain, of course, is Ridley. Oh, who really? is who yeah. is in fact named after Ridley Scott? I was wow. gonna say when you when you when you said that, I was like that was the first thing I thought about was like, oh, it, of course they were intertwined. But you, yes. you know, I like that you didn't know that. So yeah, Ridley Scott. Yeah, Ridley. Wow. Yep. So Ridley Scott, if I'm not mistaken, is the director of the original of the Alien first movie. one, Alien. Yep. yep. And and so Ridley, the villain in Metroid, is named after wow. Ridley Scott because Metroid takes such great inspiration from Alien. And so yeah, Samus totally is Ripley. Yeah, yeah, and those I love were that. and you know, yeah, it was cool because I mean, uh, both Alien and Aliens were were big, you know, of course, huge movies. You know, 1979 and 1986. You know this. This nobody director named James Cameron releases a sequel to Aliens. You know, to he's Alien. still a nobody director. <laughs> you know, okay, yeah, I, right. The, he's a nobody director that everybody knows. Uh, right. But uh, which, yeah, I, that's a whole nother conversation. But uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but Aliens, uh, you know, so we all my friends at the time, we were just massively into that movie, even though it was oh, rated yeah. R. And I, in fact, I had to have, I remember the re- how I saw it was I had a friend's father who was very liberal. 
he had HBO. And so he recorded it for me onto a VHS tape. I snuck the VHS tape home, waited till like 12 a.m. and watched it, you know, down in my basement. <laughs> uh, just so I could be one of those because rated R movies were not allowed in my, my parents' household. And so, uh, uh, and rightfully so, I think, you know, it, it was alien rated R and aliens oh, yeah. PG 13. Is that how no, they're both, they're both R. R. Okay. Yeah. Very much rated R both of them. And, uh, I think, yeah, later on, they, I think they made a PG. Yeah. Maybe like alien, th- alien three, three might've been 13, was, you know, like a, like a RoboCop situation. Yeah. I was just, yeah, it, yeah, exactly. Just awful. Um, but anyway, uh, one of the things I want to bring back on to uh, the GameCube is uh, one of the reasons that uh, my interest was reignited into uh, oh, this yeah. system is Dylan's fault. Is I'm that sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I do blame you. Uh, is there was a uh, Raspberry Pi or raspberry the company i guess is it raspberry or is it pie what's what's the company i don't know called? what the company's name is but i know what you're talking about yeah, yeah. so raspberry pie whatever they made they made a little tiny chip called the pie pico runs at 120 megahertz uh uh but it can do some really cool things you can throw it into stuff and hack things well somebody figured out that you could hack the uh raspberry pi um and or you could hack you could hack the GameCube with the Raspberry, this little Oh really? Pi Pico. And uh Dylan, who is a modder and like you, you know, I faint at the smell of 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 the solder. The solder. solder yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, you know well, you I, should. It is toxic. It is toxic. <laughs> and I can't I just yeah, I just can't It's straight it can I be love, stressful to think about, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just can't do it, and and I'm not good at it. But Dylan has that talent, and uh, in fact, he modded his his GameCube. And when when I found out, you know how easy it was for him. I mean, I went on I went on eBay, bought a GameCube, overpaid uh, for a GameCube, bought it, overpaid for <laughs> yeah. a GameCube. Unfortunately, but I got a good one. And yeah, he did. That's uh, good. Yeah, it was a good one. You know, but I did overpay for it. Uh, but yeah, I was over at his house. I mean, I mean, fifteen minutes. He had that thing cracked open, modded, and uh, what's great about the mod is that you can now boot from a memory chip, uh, micro SD, and uh, uh, using Swiss OS is the name of the the operating system. And from there, you can boot, you know, any any uh, any game, GameCube game. But uh, even better is and this is something we haven't discussed is and i know we're running we're, we're running long here so we'll wrap this up after this uh is uh the the add-ons that the gamecube had uh which was like the uh the broadband uh, adapter you. and the game boy player the game oh, boy, wow. player. Game boy player is probably yeah, the one you're thinking about so you could play wow. the game boy and game boy advance games on on your screen and uh i never really did this until but my nephew bought one and it was so fun i mean it was really fun to play game boy advance games and and game boy games on yeah screen you know and uh uh and now uh one of the things though is you had to have a disc to boot and those discs are really expensive you can buy the add-on for dirt cheap on ebay but the boot disc that you need is Mm -hmm. ridiculously expensive well uh, 
there's an uh, open source one out there. And so open Swiss can just boot that. It can wow. actually boot it. It can also boot the, a, uh, the original disc too. The original disc to too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you can just, you can, you can run these games off the, off the add-on if you have one. So I bought the add-on uh, as Dylan has one as well. And, uh, and then I bought a couple, uh, uh, you know, like ever drives where you can, you can, uh, plug it in and plug in a micro SD card into that and play all the, all the crazy, uh, wow. uh, Game Boy type games. It's, and so that's uh... been a lot of fun. So yeah, thanks to Dylan, I, I've had yeah, just a completely reignited interest in, uh, and playing the the actual hardware GameCube system. Excellent. I think it's a really fun mod. It's really easy for somebody yes. comfortable with a soldering iron. It's it's it is really easy, really quick, and it it, it unlocks such great potential from the GameCube. Yeah, it's, uh, and it's called Pico Boot. I think. Yeah, is Pico Boot is the like mod that that uses the, the Raspberry Pi Pico. Um, and uh, yeah, you can run uh. uh homebrew you can yeah that's use homebrew to boot um uh, to boot isos of gamecube yeah. games uh and i just the other day used it to like oh i i wanted to play super mario or super, uh, paper mario thousand year door uh but mm. there's there's a there's a rom hack for that game that lets that like fixes some of the translation errors and mm-hmm. and replaces like they they'd re- they'd gotten rid of references to alcohol because uh nintendo of america is like queasy about mentioning alcohol um and and there was a there's a character in that game actually who uh in the japanese version is a male to female uh trans woman and they completely removed any reference to a transition from the game for north america and so the modders have gone in and, and hacked it back to be more true to the original intent from the japanese version but still in english and so i went and and downloaded that rom hack modified it and i can boot it on original hardware using pico boot Sweet. which is pretty fun um it's just a really fun way to play to play some original game boy games on on a tv is that right yes so uh you have to have a gamecube and a game boy player but the disc which is like 150 dollars on its own you don't need you just okay. need to do the mod which is like ten dollars yeah the, the, pipe the reason why... 10 bucks the reason why I'm asking is because because I did learn recently that that there is a proper sequel to Solomon's Key that they made for the GameCube, uh, and oh. so that's my my next one to to tackle because they made a sequel for the uh, NES called Fire and Ice, which was terrible and was barely oh. related to the original. But the but the port for the GameCube, which I think is called uh, Solomon something or other, uh, that one is a is a Whole new true. game, new board. But it's a it's a true like. Yep, this is the this is just as difficult as the as the original. Super fun! Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I would, you know, uh, and uh, once again, I blame Dylan for this. Uh, he got me a Sony CRT uh, Pro PVM that he got from a uh, an actual studio, right? A news yeah. studio, I think. A, t- and, a TV uh, broadcast studio, yeah. TV broadcast studio. And this thing is, uh, well, one, it's great because I can play, uh, games on an original, you know, CRT and 
and now I've got this little, so I've got this little mini, like you could see his, his uh, background. I've got a miniature version of that because I've got this <laughs> tiny little TV, I've got the little GameCube, and then I've got, a, I've got some other little hardware uh, systems plugged in. Yeah, it's super fun. But uh, uh, yeah, having that hardware to be able to play those, you know, uh, uh, play those like Game Boy games on a, on a GameCube, I never got to experience that. So getting to experience that, uh now because all because of that pi pico boot is so cool it's That's it's so really cool. been it's been a lot of fun and i've i yeah it not only uh helped me remember how much i love the gamecube but it's also kind of given me new ways to love the gamecube so that's been a lot of fun well uh it has been a lot of fun talking about the GameCube with you guys, but yeah, I do want to wrap great. it up. Is there any last things you want to talk about before we uh, head out for this episode? No, just to thank you for having me. I really appreciate the the opportunity and um, and yeah, and thank like, you for joining. Appreciate yeah, it. thank you so much, Jaime. This has been a blast. We'll have to do this again, like you said, when we pull out the plastic controller or the plastic uh, guitar controllers. We'll uh, we'll have you back on and we'll talk about that. I'm already looking forward to it. All right. Well, it's been a blast. Thanks to both of you, and uh, we'll see you next time.